Flying Dragon, The Secret Scroll. Kung Fu has never been this real. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. I don't really have... Wait, what? Sorry, I was just going to say, what about real Kung Fu? Isn't that as real at least as this? uh, Yeah, I guess like Kung Fu is already real, so it doesn't have to like get more real, right? Right. Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, no, no. I guess that's a good, the I didn't have any topic prepared, so that's a good starting point for us here. We're we're gonna slowly develop the episode from here, and I think that that's the that is the best note to start on is that kung fu is real and people should know about it. Dragons not real, um, and have arms and legs. They don't always have arms, but they usually have legs. You do this on purpose. (laughs) I don't know what you mean, Mike. (laughs) I have no idea either. I think it's time to start talking about video games. Uh, Somewhat, I'm somewhat familiar with the idea of video games, uh, more than I am familiar with Kung Fu. But we've we've played our fair share of Kung Fu video games. And, uh, you know, Flying Dragon the Secret Scroll is like a mixture of... Two different kinds of games. It's it's half side scrolling action game, similar to like uh, Final Fight or um, I was thinking for NES specific, uh, Kid Nicky Radical Ninja. If anybody wants to do like a deep pull back, like that game was very similar to this game. But then there's also uh, other stages where it's just basically a fighting game, similar to uh, Street Fighter. Now, granted, it's not exactly like Street Fighter because Street Fighter Two hasn't perfected the fighting game system, so they still have to figure out a way to handle that, and we'll get into that. But I think it's interesting that we continue to see this trend of, like, specifically in 1989, of games being like, no, you can't just be, like, one thing anymore. You're either a bunch of mini games, or you're, like, mixing or fusing genres together. Uh, Nothing really to add to that, but I was just wondering if you guys were expecting this to be... um, you know, more of a traditional fighter game or, you know, a action-adventure game similar to, uh, you know, the ones I, re- I referenced. I, I was more expecting the uh, the side-scrolling element um, just because, you know, I'd never heard of this game and it just sort of seemed like, oh, here's another side-scroller, but here's another uh, kung-fu-flavored one. Um, and in the beginning, it, it sort of fell into that expectation and I guess it would have more so if I didn't read the manual in here and like read about what I was going to get into next. But um, yeah, I was originally thinking this would be just that one thing. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Um, Even though, you know, at the beginning they do allude to the fact that you're like headed to a tournament. So I I sort of at that point was wondering what this tournament was going to be, but I'll say I was expecting it to be, a tournament where you take everything you've done in the side scrolling levels and and now you're it's like an evolution of it or another version of that but but really I was I was surprised that there's just two kind of gameplay styles that aren't really that related. Yeah, they're actually so far apart uh in in terms of like playstyle and just uh you know the flow of the game that they actually make it a point to when you get to the fighting part of it to be like actually you have no idea what to do. We need to give you a tutorial to explain what to do. And they didn't do that at all for the side-scrolling action part, right? They weren't like, hey, we should teach people about, like, 
punching and kicking. (laughs) Right, right. No, or just like you know what you need to do, right? Of like you need to hit these tiki things, or I I can't remember what they are, but like these boxes, and then they'll uh, things will appear from them. Or you need to defeat like all five bosses. Now, granted, that stuff's probably covered in the manual. I didn't look at it, but it's just a weird flow of something to be like, yeah, we understand that everybody knows how to do this part of the game. We're going to give you that first. But then when we get to the other element of our game, we actually have to, like, stop and teach you with an actual controller on screen just the idea of doing this. That was crazy. Like, this is the first, like, on-screen tutorial I've ever seen, I think. And uh, it's it's done pretty fluidly. I I know that it stops the action in its tracks, but, I mean, like, it's it's intuitive. It it definitely is more... uh, uh, useful than a poorly worded manual entry, and you, know, you just sort of have to parse the rest yourself. Like, um, I thought that that was done relatively well. Yeah, I really wanted to kind of praise that element of this game as well because it does feel like, for for the most part, if not always, we, we've we've so far had to go back to the manual anytime we were like confused about the controls or there was some new gameplay element introduced. And like you said, Sean, sometimes that didn't translate perfectly to to exactly, you know, you had to sort of figure it out. And this did a really good job of of teaching you, not only teaching you exactly how to do it, but like, you know, there's a little bit of a, I don't want to say a learning curve. It's a pretty simple concept, but like at least a learning curve is term in terms of your muscle memory. And it gives you a good, like the tutorial doesn't just teach you exactly how to do it. It gives you some time to learn it where so you feel like when you're done with that tutorial, you've kind of up to your skill a little bit to where you feel like you're equipped to go on and actually fight the tournaments. So I thought they did a good job with that. Yeah. And I think it also just shows how new of an idea this is to like video games that they felt the need to, uh, you know, stop all the, all the gameplay and action and progress and be like, here's, here's how you're going to do these things. And you know, that's really the, the biggest takeaway for me was just that, uh, you know, it, it hasn't been perfected yet how we do like one-on-one combat, right? Like we've seen wrestling games handle it one way. Other games handle it via like menu systems. Uh, nobody's quite figured out yet. Like the idea of you and your opponent having um, different sets of moves and each having like a health bar that corresponds. But I think this comes really close. Uh, I actually question, um, you know, like they came so close, but they didn't because they didn't figure it out. Right. It's like some people will be disappointed, but I don't think this is like the wrong way to go either. So if you don't mind, I'm going to actually like push aside the side scrolling levels for right now, even though the game starts with them, because I feel like that's just something easier to get into. I want to talk about the fighting game levels, because since this isn't your traditional fighting game, you have these targets that indicate what kind of button input you need to do what did you guys think of that idea versus you know traditional street fighter tekken mortal Kombat style games where you know you're in complete control of the inputs that you do but you kind of need to like memorize these awesome inputs whereas this game says like you don't really have control over what input you're going to do next but you have to remember these patterns and then by doing these things with the limited controller that you have right you only have the d-pad and the two buttons you'll be able to do you know more awesome things than you'd be able to if we just gave you one button punches one button kicks yeah i mean it's definitely approaching like the quote-unquote fighting game from a different angle um than we're used to it's almost more like a simon says slash slash rhythm game sort of thing where 
yeah, the, the these targets appear on your body and your opponent's body, and they sort of telegraph where you should hit as like a weak spot or where your opponent is going to hit um, that you need to defend. Um, and I think it still works. It, it works pretty well um, uh, as a, as an idea. Um, and then when you're, when, when you're actually fighting and you sort of get into that rhythm, like even the idea of like a, a combo sort of shows itself. It's a very simple one, but like even your standard inputs are kind of a combo because you have to target, um, like these different parts of your opponent's body, but then you get slightly more, uh, complex ones where like with your sort of grab them and throw them over your head sort of thing. So there's a lot of elements that sort of will evolve as the fighting game genre evolves, but also stuff that'll just completely get thrown away. Like this whole, like, uh, you, they show you a target and you have to hit it sort of thing. Uh, but it's, it's still very unique. Yeah. I thought the target thing, it, it, it helped to bring a lot to the table, but there was also, I think it compromised a lot of, a lot of other things too. So, so for one, because they're trying to kind of, I feel like capture the spirit of, of, you know, of a martial arts, you know, sparring one-on-one match, the, this target system kind of gives you control over things like, okay, where do I want my guard to be? Do I want to be blocking high, middle, low? Where do I want to kick? Like, where is he blocking? Where it's like, I, I guess that translates decently to what it would be like to be in an actual like martial arts fight where you're thinking of like okay he's dropped his guard i go for the head okay his guard's up sweep the legs whatever um so so that's nice and and as you know just the way that it presents itself where these targets appear and and you have to hit the target as it appears or you see where they're aiming and you have to block before they hit you it, it lends itself to having a nice fluid what feels like a martial arts style fight as opposed to just like punch, 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 punch. It's like a little more of like a dance, you know? Um, and that's nice. I think that that, that works and and you really get into a rhythm as you're playing. What I think it loses is that even though you get more control over exactly where you're hitting and stuff, you lose pretty much all agency in the battle. You know, it's all about doing what it says is the best move at the right time. It's all about timing. It is almost more of a rhythm game in the sense that it's just kind of a series of almost quick Inputs. time events. Yeah. Yeah. And when you described so, it as a dance, like it, it, those targets really just are your choreography. Like, yeah, you're not making any strategic decision about, uh, I should, I should bait and then hit. You're just sort of doing what the game tells you to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and I think that that for me over time started to slowly outweigh the, uh, the appreciation I had for how how cool it felt to fight this way after a while, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of bored now. I'm just doing what the game tells me. The game is playing me. Whoa. <laughs> the fighting game that we've also compared to a rhythm game, uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out!, you know, that game, completely different graphical style that they were able to pull it off. But, like, imagine if instead of these, like, great animation tells that you have to look out for and um you know subtle subtle tricks in the audience or flashes or stuff like that imagine if instead they just like had a big dot over the fist when it was about to like punch this way you knew to dodge right it's like it's it's kind of like that in a way but i don't know how because this is you know uh, a 2d 
um, from the side action fighting game, I don't know how they would be able to communicate like such great uh, tells in the in the combat that it wouldn't just be reduced to the kind of combat that you get during the side scrolling action stages. You know, where you're just like constantly just hitting punch and kick and hoping your punch and kicks outweigh yeah. the, the opponents. You know, and it just becomes like a spamming battle. So because they had to come up with some kind of system to like create a a more nuanced fighting system where it's actually like you know hey you're responsible for both blocking and attacking um dependent on what you know what we show you on screen i'm not i'm not sure how else they could have pulled that off but at the same time i you know i'm not ready to applaud that either because i do agree that you know you do are just answering their commands but also like you're you're less inclined to just like experiment in general not even because you can't but like i don't know about you guys i didn't even think i could move like i found out later on you can move but like i couldn't figure <laughs> out a reason for why i'd really want to move um there's no like grand reason for um you know for space control or anything like that like you still have to when the dots finally do show up in the locations they do you still have to answer the same call yeah so I mean, in terms of movement, like yeah, it, it's it's not really well utilized because there's like you can dodge out of the way of certain attacks that have enough like lead time. But um, the the thing about this game is is I, I agree with you. Like this was this was put into place because um, having it be more of like a a standard fighter in in like the standard word that we're thinking of. Um, like the 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 controls just aren't there. Like even though you're you're being told what to do, they still kind of feel sticky. Um, and I don't know if you if I, mean, I guess it's kind of subjective. Maybe you guys didn't feel that way, but to me, they felt kind of sticky. Um, because the the other solution, like just playing uh armchair designer that I can think of to allow for more information to be given to you that isn't just an explicit target. Um could be solved by just zooming in more. And that would make movement even less important, um, jumping and stuff less important. And so that like these larger sprites that you're seeing for uh, yourself and your opponent could have more telegraphing information or uh, just as a tell, work as a tell or uh, something along those lines. But I understand that like if this is how the game feels, um, in its current state, then I don't think that just blowing it up would make it feel any better. Um, so I don't know. I guess I'm just sort of rambling about like the wider design of the game uh, in terms of like why they went that way. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting idea though. The idea of, of blowing it up and then taking away the actual like icons on the screen and making the tells actual tells, right? Because you know, ever since ever since Mike brought up Punch Out, I've been thinking about that. Where I'm like, why why do I like Punch Out so much better than I like this? And because it is technically, if you really want to read into it, it is an indicator on the screen that tells you what to do. But there's something one about the immersion of something like Punch Out, where it's like you you feel like you're actually fighting that person. And two, it's a little more complex than just than just the dot telling you where to hit. So it's like. You know, it's a little more like real life decision making based on what you're seeing. Well, obviously, it's still a pattern, but like so are almost every boss battle in any modern video game you play is all pattern recognition. And I think that, you know, it's like punch out or something like what you're describing, Sean, about a, a possible way to do this. 
is getting closer to just complex patterns instead of a pattern of blue dot, red dot, you know, where it's just like literally press this button now, press this button now. That's what makes this feel to me like I'm not thinking, (laughs) you know, the game is thinking for me. Yeah, it's important to remember that the dot here isn't just telling you like, oh, hit their stomach or hit them in the head. It's telling you just based on the way that the game, you know, sets up the tutorial for you too. it's telling you which buttons to press on your controller. So you don't even get the choice now of like they're saying go for the head and I want to do a strong kick like no, you have to do the same exact inputs that a dot on that person's head means versus a dot on your head. Like there's, they're deciding what controller input you do. So you're just reacting. Um, and even in the, you know, as the game continues, any additional things they add to the, um, to the fighting, like they add some additional special moves and eventually there's an elimination round and stuff like that. It's actually all just story progress. It doesn't actually enhance the actual fights any further because um specifically for the elimination round right they show you this great like bracket of uh best of eight or whatever right and like you move up in the tournament and that you know that that's great and compelling as like wow i gotta make my way through this but every match in this game is an elimination round thing where like if you lose you lose and that's game over it's just window dressing the whole right exactly it's just dressing it up but you could argue that the special moves are just doing that too, really. They're not, um, they're not in hand. Like, you know, there's that one where, uh, you do like a flying kick in the air where you're spinning around and then you come down and hit them. Th- that doesn't actually change anything in the game other than now you know this technique, but you can still only use it when we call for it, you know? Yeah. And I think another important thing to mention with these dots is it, since it's reactionary, it's kind of demanding. On the reactionary side, uh, I don't think it's like so fast that it's impossible by any means. And you don't want to be perfect, right? That'd be a kind of a boring game too. You want to make a mistake every now and again. So you don't want it to be like you have all the time in the world. However, the amount of times that you have to, you know, react to these dots on it on, on an individual fight level is just like that's a lot in itself. But then to just continue to have to be on on edge for this kind of thing, like I don't know if this dot system is really pulling off at the longer you play it. Uh, I don't know if you guys feel that way about the, the reaction times, but it's just like as soon as you strike or block what they want you to do, there's immediately a new dot on screen requiring the next set of inputs. Yeah. And like that again, like I think we've been the way we've been pitching this, uh, this game, it, it sort of sounds like it plays itself and it's super easy. And what what you just said is why it's not because while it is more just a, a test of reaction time um, and not so much fighting strategy, uh, that is still very challenging. Um, one could argue that it's not a very engaging way to be challenging, but you're right. Like um, as as the fights progress, uh, it becomes a lot harder to sort of keep up and, and to dodge as well as you should. Um, so, yeah, I agree. It's it's demanding. Yeah, I think the other thing that makes it that that still makes it challenging is that. So I, I'm I know I'm going to get this backwards or, or somehow uh, messed up, but something to the effect of when when you're defending, you have to just press the D pad button in the direction you're defending. But when you're attacking, you have to press the D pad plus A in the in the direction you want to attack on them. 
which sounds pretty simple, but it does become a little bit of like a pat your head, rub your stomach situation sometimes where you're like, wait, what am I doing? So like you get into this rhythm and it feels really good. And then when you slip out like once, suddenly you're like, ah, like you're, you're kind of like caught on your back foot for a second. Um, and you know, that part, you know, that element of it is cool at first, you know, but it's just, I, I don't think it's interesting enough to hold my attention for the amount of time it wants me to do it. Yeah, it's kind of necessary for them to break up these fights with uh, with these side-scrolling levels because otherwise that would be the whole game, right? Is just is just constantly like how how much better, you know? I think Sean put it perfectly when he said it's like Simon says um, because you know how long can you keep up with that? Like how how long is that interesting? Even if the animations change, if the core concept remains the same forever, uh, it just becomes harder to go on. Right, right. Did you guys try um, the pause strategy at all? The pause strategy. Mm, so, sounds like a strategy I would like. But it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I'm surprised, Joe, that you didn't know about it. But um, to, in order to really make my way through this game um, and you know just keep my interest levels up. I found on Game FAQs that there is a uh, whole strategy to the fighting based around pausing, and that is that as soon as you defend or attack, uh, uh, you know, the dot on screen, because the next one pops up, you can actually pause the screen. The dot remains, and now you know the next cue. Oh, up that attack. sounds so fun. Uh, no, it's yeah. not fun. It's not fun. I'm saying in order for me to continue on with the game. Um, you know, in the later levels and everything, it's, uh, it's a strategy that is not fun at all, but I also just can't believe that they would allow the dot to remain on the pause. Like, it seems like such an easy thing to just like, if you pause, just like remove even just that one sprite or just cover it, right? Like have the pause <laughs> thing be like enough to cover the field of action or something. Like, I, I think it's just... It's incredibly tedious, don't get me wrong. Like, it's definitely, like, the game isn't encouraging it by any means. <laughs> but, you know, if anything, it draws out, like... I just can't least... believe people, like, played like that enough to consider it, like, a, a valid strategy. Yes, I know, yeah. Well, if you think about it, though, right, it's like, if you're trying to beat every NES game, sooner or later you're going to come up with ways to cheese any particular game that you're struggling with, right? Like, we've figured out... All sorts of things. And I'm not encouraging this strategy by any means because, like I said, it adds actually so much extra time to these fights and uh, it it doesn't enhance the game at all. Because, again, you're just saying now, like, oh, cool, now I know I have to do, uh, you know, D-pad up and A. And that, that doesn't, like, to me, that sounds like nonsense. So not something Agreed. I would recommend, but just a funny exploit because it completely removes any actual challenge it's almost like having an invincibility code built into the game <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of like if you take away the the live not live but the the action version the action element to this you're just you're you're literally just putting in inputs every couple seconds you're like all right uh, time to put in that next input unpause put in the input pause all right, what's next? Like, put in this input. You're not playing a game anymore. It's not even, it's like worse than other types of cheating because you're literally <laughs> not even playing a game. You're just, you're just every couple seconds putting in a new input that the game tells you to do. You're playing Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes with the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except you can't really lose. Right, right. <laughs> 
All right, I feel like that's enough on the fighting game section, uh, and we can move on to the side-scrolling levels. As I uh, threw out a throwback episode to Kid Nicky Radical Ninja, uh, do you guys even remember that game? Nope. Yeah, that was the one you had. You could you could go in different order of the levels, right? Yes. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, so n- don't remember that part, but just the the uh, the look and feel right. of the side-scrolling action of it is is what I remember most from this. But these um. These side scrolling levels are uh, they're wraparounds. Like uh, yeah. you'll just constantly, you know, it's like you're going on a treadmill through the same set over and over and over again. And there are bosses. I don't know why they call them bosses. They might as well just be like enemies with slightly more health. Is yeah. what I would refer to them as. <laughs> but the screen goes like dark for them, which is kind of cool. It's like it makes it feel like a, a little bit of a bigger fight. But these are the things that you experience in these side scrolling levels. Is they're they're short, small stages where you have to kind of figure out where um where the bosses are defeat all of them where the hidden items are and then lastly once you've defeated all five bosses um where's the key in the stage so that i can <laughs> unlock the door well all right uh, uh, let me let me give a little brief rundown of this please um so you there's no hidden anything like the, there's some hidden uh like health packs and uh, like many power ups in the statues that are littered across the the field, but l- the thing that triggers each like actual power up and finding the key uh t- to exit the side scrolling level is just kill five enemies in a row. You kill five enemies in a row, and a boss comes out, and then you kill the boss, and you get the little piece of I don't know kanji or whatever the Chinese equivalent is. Um. And then you get your little power up or key, and then you move on to the next one. You kill five more enemies in a row, and you fight the thing again. You do it five times. And that sounds like it takes a while, but it doesn't, because the game is incredibly simple and easy in this uh, um, in this mode. And then you just rinse and repeat until you have everything, and then you just go to the door, which is clearly marked as the door, and you go to the next tournament. And look, the, the, my biggest question about this part is why they even bother contextualizing the things that you're picking up as power-ups, because you have to get one, you have to get them all in order, and then the key, um, in order to progress, and you don't get to keep anything. Like, as soon as you get to the fight, like, you're, you are now in com- competition mode, and, like, what you did in the side-scroller doesn't really matter. Um, so, it, it just felt tacked on, like, like just to just to do what you described earlier, Mike, of like just give you a break from the more uh, strenuous one-on-one fighting. Uh, it, it just seems half baked the whole time. Yeah, I didn't realize that it was that it was killing five enemies that that triggered the uh, boss to come. When I did quickly realize that I didn't have to actually move anywhere in the level, I was like, if I just stand here and fight for a minute, I thought it was time based or whatever. But but if, if I just stand here and fight for a minute, the boss will show up. So I guess I was killing five enemies, but that also kind of made me think, what's the point of this whole level? I don't have to go anywhere. I can just stand right here and everything I need will come to me. I got to find the door, but that's fine. So, you know, it's not that big of a, of a level. It's usually the door is pretty, usually pretty early on. And then there's like all this other stuff that they put in these levels that you don't need to go to. But Joe, just even like now knowing that I didn't have to explore the level, I prefer the way you guys were playing it. Like I think that it's such a chore to play as this character in these side-scrolling levels 
maybe specifically just because you have to hit the up on the D-pad to jump, and I just thought <laughs> we were done with those days, but it's so bad here. It's 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 frustrating because the jump, um, it's like you can't, you definitely can't do multiple inputs at once for whatever it's worth anyway, but something about moving forward and also having to jump because you have to like so you're holding right on the d-pad and they can't register moving right and jumping at the same time but the there's pitfalls and there's uh platforms to get onto that just made everything like infinitely worse and if i would have known that i didn't have to move from where my comfort zone was and i could just stay there and have everybody come to me i would have preferred that because the the worst part about um this this part of the game you know the uh the platforming, if you will, like just just moving from uh, the different layers and things that you experience throughout the level, doing that over and over and over again, too, you know, like because it's just a short loop before you go back to the beginning, doing that over and over again, I wish I would have just not had to have uh, dealt with that <laughs> or or just like, you know, put us in a tournament area, right? But this time it's not with the um, martial arts rules, right? Now you're out there in the wild so you can... Uh, you can just attack the way that you attack. You know, it's like don't get, don't give me free range to explore this thing because I'm not interested in exploring it. Yeah, I'm just gonna clarify that I think you only prefer it that way because you didn't like the experience at all. I think if correct, if, if like it was an engaging part of the game and you found out there's a huge shortcut that would actually bum you out. But um, yeah. Just want to clarify that. <laughs> yeah, it, but you know that's an interesting point too. Of n- not even that I didn't enjoy it. It's an interesting point to mention that the whole game is just kind of rules based on things, and we continue to find ways to just exploit that. Very obviously, like they never actually designed anything. To your point, Sean, of that it's just kill five enemies and then the boss appears, and there's no like hidden area to find a boss or hidden place to find a key. Because it's just all like, um, you know, set up for you in this uh, in this structure over and over again. Whether it's the fighting levels or the exploration levels, you can just figure out like the fastest way to get through all this stuff, or the most efficient way for you know your playstyle to get through all this stuff without having to actually play the game much at all. Yeah. And I don't know what it was about the boss fight. I don't know why we're still calling them boss fights, but like, the, I don't know why what it was, but like, they weren't challenging. Maybe b- because you have like a, a good amount of health, and um, yeah, if you do explore, you can find. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess they're soda bottles or milk bottles. Um, you can find easy ways to replenish your energy back to full. So I never really felt like I was in danger during these stages. Um, I was definitely losing more health in the um, in the fighting game stages because in even in the boss fights, you're encouraged to just like, I don't know, take a little chunk of damage here and there just to get up close and personal with them, right? Like just t- take them out quicker than trying to like block their attacks or dodge their attacks and, and then go in for the strike. It's like if you can take them out in four um rapid strikes you're better off taking a little bit of health off and just getting rid of them early yeah because you don't carry your health into the into your next like competition and the only thing that separates these bosses from standard enemies is that they aren't just mindlessly walking forward they 
they've got projectiles and they reposition. Um, but like by the time you fight these things, uh, at least the later ones, like you will probably have come across a, like a power up that gives you a projectile or, um, a little force field that you can just stand in front of them and it'll kill them in like seconds. So it's just, it's not very well balanced. It's just like you can easily cheese this section. So it may as well not exist. <laughs> yeah. You know how like we talk about sometimes difficulty in a game coming down to like, was the, was the bad guy, was the boss well designed or was it like, oh, he just has so much health. Like, they made it harder by just giving him a bunch of health or making him do a ton of damage. It's almost like artificially inflating the difficulty of a boss battle. And I think that this game is, like, the reverse of that. It's easy, but not because you can do a bunch of cool shit or you get all these cool power-ups. It's just easy because you have way more health and do more damage. Or your health doesn't go that You have just way higher defense and do more damage. So you can just kind of run in and, like... And just sort of kamikaze the enemy, and like they, they, you're they're gonna die before you die, all five of them or whatever, before you lose all of your health. And then, like you said, they don't, your health doesn't carry over to to the next to the next fighting tournament round. Like, like nothing about nothing about the side scrolling round is in any way connected to the tournament round. They're two separate games on the same cartridge. Now, imagine playing these two separate games and doing them, you know, one after the other after the other without much really changing um, between between the uh, the two modes. When you get to the end of the game, it does that classic, uh, you know, you're not, you know, like you're not done. You actually have to go through the whole game again. Um, This time, instead of just finding the keys and stuff, now you have to find the four crystal balls. And uh, they made it so this way the crystal balls cannot be found, obviously, in the, your first playthrough. You have to be on the second playthrough. I didn't bother with this, but from what I can understand, the game isn't any more um, challenging other than the amount of health that comes off. So granted, that is a, a bigger deal, right? But that's not the kind of modifier I like. Now, I'm not sure what else they would have done. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, like, give me new levels or anything, because they would have just ultimately been the same thing. But I don't think there's enough incentive there if, you know, if you go through all this to do it again, just like how I kind of didn't feel Ghost and Goblins earned it either, right? Like, it's such a challenging game, and then they say, do it all again to get the true ending. Uh, you know, I don't know if um, if these games that change so little other than just like, great, you did it once, prove you're really good and do it twice. It's like, no, I proved I was really good when I did it the first time, right? Like, this is your game. This is all you had to offer. You're not offering me anything new in the second playthrough. I don't know. Yeah, it bothers I, me a little bit. I, I agree. I mean, I think that the, this uh, trend um, that I don't know if it's really a trend, but uh, the, the thing that this game does uh, only really works in like the more modern like roguelike games where that's just built into like the gameplay itself. Whereas in any any standard uh like get to the end fight the final boss and 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 win game it's just a cop out and an obvious uh time extension uh tool so i don't think yeah you're right Go- uh, ghosts and goblins did not earn it i don't think any game has earned it that like that operates like that yeah there would need to be something 
in the in the there would need to be a new game plus almost you know there would need to be something in it where it's like oh i got to keep all these power-ups i had or or like some new yeah new i mean i know we said that this is maybe like a, a big ask but like new levels or something new to do if you're going to tell me that i can't beat the game unless i do it all over again yeah yeah, and I, I'm totally a fan of new game plus stuff. I'm not expecting that in these NES but games. But you got but the like, true ending that first time. Yeah, I don't think like that's lame. I think that's a fun way for someone who's really good at the game to experience the game all over again with all the stuff that they acquired. Like you know, even if you don't do it that way, whatever you choose to do, I think like that that way of flushing it out is a lot better than saying you didn't really beat the game but offering no changes. I think about. Um, Super Mario Galaxy has a thing where, like, you know, you have to collect um, the first 120 stars in that game, and then you can unlock Luigi, and you play the same exact game again, except for he just has a slightly higher jump. That's the only difference. But they never said you didn't beat the game. So, yeah, it's not quite, like, New Game Plus territory because it's such a small change. But, like, no one's forcing you to be like, well, if you want the real ending, you know, you got to play the whole game as Luigi again. It's like, that's what I feel like this game should have done is, like, they should have given everybody the ending, but now you've unlocked the more difficult mode, right? Yeah. Like, you know, that's the only change is, like, now you can play on the harder difficulty and prove your skill rather than prove you beat the game like i did prove i beat the game <laughs> yeah it should be more like incentive to play it again rather than just saying nope you're not done you, if, you, if you didn't beat it <laughs> like not enough give, carrot, give people a reason to start over stick. and say it again <laughs> not enough carrot too much stick <laughs> yeah one thing i wanted to shout out uh for the like setting of the game and stuff like that is that the locations do change and even the fighting uh part of the game does change locations too to the point where at a certain part of the game you're facing boxers and i thought that was like even though they don't act any differently or anything i thought that was like a neat change right uh something that you would see in a um an anime or a manga or something like that a karate guy taking on a bunch of boxers or something like that you're in a wrestling ring i thought that was a fun uh addition to this like being in the city or being in the forest they didn't get too lazy and just all make it like the same location all the time and the only thing that changes is the color yeah i think the game has good presentation for the most part um and and just the fact that there are different arenas is is it is enough for me <laughs> to be honest uh, uh but yeah there's a lot more polish to this game than there is substance For the sequels and spinoffs, Flying Dragon actually does have, um, it's a whole, like, series, actually, in Japan. I think it's called Hiru no Ken, and here it's Flying Dragon, but Flying Dragon had a prequel first called Shanghai Kid, only in the arcades, and it's just the, um, the fighting game part of it, if I recall correctly, so this is just kind of a spiritual successor for the consoles, with Flying Dragon, but then the other games all get the Flying Dragon title, and there, there's a bunch of them, so I'm not really going to get into it too much. But I, you know, interesting observation when Street Fighter finally does come out, after that, all the fighting elements of their games, you know, whether it's for Super Nintendo or N64, like they just rip off the Street Fighter format, they completely abandon their dot system. And, you know, trying to expand upon that with, like, a better understanding of, like, what fading games are now. And they say, no, 
Instead, just make it exactly like Street Fighter. You know, just if it ain't, if that's what's working, yeah. <laughs> let's just copy that. Let's surrender our idea. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that I, I haven't played these games, but I, I want to say that it's less like, let's just copy Street Fighter and more like the, uh, this is now the genre codifier and what we were doing was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Street Fighter figured it out. I mean, I, I don't think that that should, that should mean that that's the only way to do it, but that was like, you know, at the time, it's like, okay, well, that's the only way that anyone's figured out. Are we going to take a risk and try something crazy and new and have it most likely be not as good? Or do we just stick with the uh, with the formula? Yeah, it's an interesting observation because, I, I mean, I don't want to get into too much of other fighting games, but Mortal Kombat is still kind of just Street Fighter, but with more gore and some, you know, interesting um, weapon choices, right? Like, it's it doesn't change too much other than, like, adding a fatality at the end, which is a you know a neat new addition, but it's a small addition in the grand scheme of things. Whereas you have games like Tekken that actually do learn something from Street Fighter, but say like, well, what if you could actually move around in the space? You know, like what if what if that was the change? And so you could go either way with it, right? But ultimately, yeah, once Street Fighter lays down the groundwork for like how to do these kinds of games, it would be silly to keep the dot system in and just make this a reaction-based game. Because essentially, you know, all video games are, you know, on one level or, or another, are reaction-based games. It's just they usually don't tell you what input yeah. to do next. And and that being said, though, like, uh, things like Tekken and, uh, I guess, not not so much Soul Calibur, but definitely with Tekken, like, that that is an evolution that was only made possible by new technology. Right. And Virtua Fighter, for that matter. Yeah, but interesting that Street Fighter continues to to uh, avoid that, right? Yeah. Like they say, like, no, that's Tekken or, you know, whatever, you know, Soul Calibur. That's those games, and we do ours this way. And then you have, like, King of Fighters, you know, following in line with that, too. And yeah. saying, all right, we're going to do something our way that we always do at the end of an episode, and that is the Essential Games List. Sean, your vote for Flying Dragon, The Secret Scroll. Uh well uh, obviously what I've been saying uh, has kind of uh, tipped everyone off to how I'm going to vote here I, I it's definitely uh it's definitely unique and it's building up to something in terms of like this proto fighting game um but it's got too much flab and it's it's just not all that enjoyable after a little while um with the whole. You know, Simon says, uh, uh, monkey see, monkey do, punch me in the face. How about you? Uh, not essential. Joe, monkey yes. see, monkey do, <laughs> how do you vote? <laughs> well, speaking of that, I, I, I guess it's time that we let the listeners know that when we when we vote for the essential games list, you know, Mike, you'll say Joe, and then Mike holds up a, like a red target if he wants me to vote it essential, <laughs> and a blue target if he wants me to vote it not essential. So I'm just waiting for that target to be held up because I we have no agency. So Mike has <laughs> held the show. Up. You're held against your will. Yeah, Mike has held held up the blue target, which <laughs> means I'm going to vote it not essential. And I, I I think that all seriousness, I think that the only thing personally for me worth talking about about this game is the fighting section, the side scrolling section. It's just another side scrolling section. It's got plenty of flaws, and it you know it doesn't doesn't do enough. Here I am talking about it, even though I said it's not worth talking about. But the uh, the fighting section it did it did hold my interest at first and I was like oh this is cool and it's fun to get into that rhythm 
it's just not enough to hold my interest for the amount it wants you to to the amount of levels or the amount of battles it wants you to face using these reaction commands it, it just needs something more to me so i'm i'm saying not essential all right well thank you for listening to the blue dot instead of the uh, always, uh, always yeah and you know it's always the blue dot actually whenever um anybody says any game i say not essential that's my new thing i'm gatekeeping <laughs> the essential games list it is perfect and we will not be adding any <laughs> other games to it including flying dragon the secret scroll no it we're just happy that flying dragon the secret Scroll uh doesn't even have a chance right like thank goodness Sean and Joe voted correctly, so that this way it doesn't fall on me. But no, it's not going on the essential games list. Will something go on the essential games list in 2022? I don't know. It remains to be seen, right? We're going through uh, quite an onslaught of games here. But, you know, we'll see. Because for all I know, a game that already uh, we already played is on the essential games list. But I don't know that yet because I'm confused about time and space. Huh. If you don't want to be confused about time and space... All you need to know is that new episodes every Friday of this show. That's right. If you're surprised by that, I'm I'm a little worried because it's always been that way. But next week, we're going to have Jordan versus Bird one-on-one. And if you don't know who Jordan or Bird is, don't worry. We're going to explain that in the episode. We have you covered on all things Jordan, Bird, and uh, what one-on-one means as well. We will go in-depth on those topics just like we always do on Nostalgia. For more Nostalgia, visit uh, www.nostalgiacast.com. If you want access to exclusive stuff, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Nostalgia. Or if you just want to like talk to us about Nostalgia-related things, tweet at us at Nostalgiacast. I'm wait, Mike wait, Nostalgia. guys, guys. <laughs> we didn't talk about the story of the game. Do we think that's worth talking about? I don't think so. Uh-